Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. One. What up, High Flyers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom, and uh, we are back with uh, the Chopping Up with High Five Tom, and it's been, well, it's been a while. I do apologize for the hiatus, but uh, this is a guest I've been having you on, wanting to have on for a while, a little background. Um, I have some co-workers, uh, shout out to Bob and Marty, that said uh, um, their friend Andy was uh, got a pretty interesting uh, sports collection, and I'm like, well, that sounds like somebody I want to talk to, so here we are. Andy, how are you this evening? I'm great. How you doing? Hello to the uh, what is? Are you the galaxy? Are you yeah. what? Are, what are you? The high five. The high fivers. The high fivers. Okay. Hello, high five. High fivers out there. Um. So yeah. So I basically, you know, this is pretty free form, but uh, we'll just start at the beginning. But uh, how did you start collecting? And what were the first couple things that really kind of generated your love for memorabilia? Uh, I used to just go to the old baseball games at, at Milwaukee County Stadium. I uh, noticed that the players were pretty accessible at times. Just went down there. I started out getting the trading cards collected. Uh, eventually moved away from the trading card world because I grew up in what is commonly referred to as the junk wax era of <laughs> baseball. Uh, and I started getting autographs on baseballs. Originally tried to get you know as many players on one team as I possibly could. Eventually morphed into what I do now. It's uh, a one person per ball and, you know, try to get a, just amass the biggest collection that I can, whether it's a superstar or, or you know, just the, the up and comers. I, I've got a mixture of everybody. So uh, when you're saying, so you're saying the old, uh, the old tops, the old Donruss, the old, you're not uh, talking about, or are you talking about the, um, the old cards that the, the police used to give us as kids? No, like the, you know, like the 86 is probably about when I started getting into the, started going down there and uh, it would have been 12. I uh, started going down there and trying to meet the players and get the, get their cards signed and slowly, but surely worked my way out of the card collecting uh, habit and, I'm into the full-time memorabilia collecting, so to speak. Yeah. Well, 86, 86 that's right in my wheelhouse, Minnesota. I mean, those 87 tops cards with the little brown fringes. I mean, with the I, wood yeah. frame, frame, I loved them. Yeah. I thought I was going to be off of those things. I am not. Yeah, I I don't even know where most. I I have a couple baseball cards left over, but and then uh, and then Donruss had the you know the or uh, the green border. I remember, yeah, and then Upper Deck came and just everything changed after Upper Deck showed up, so. One thing I do not have a collection that I've always wanted, even though I know it is now practically worthless, is the Billy Robinson, or I'm sorry, Billy Ripken card. Uh, the infamous the, card that. Yeah, the fuckface card. Is that what said fuck off or fuckface? But yes, the that is the card that's always eluded me for some reason. Um, always tried to get it and can never track that one down. Um, so what are some of your favorite cards from back then then? <sighs> well, I again I, I I was one of the people that uh thought that Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire were going to single-handedly make me the richest kid in Milwaukee, uh, with all of their rookie cards between the rated rookies and the Olympic team cards and all that other stuff. And yeah, that did not pan out. Well, I mean, if you'd sold them like in 1991, <laughs> you know, before yeah. Jose kind of went off the deep end, but 
the simple days when you're like somebody wants wants to buy it for me. What kind of a condition is it in? Oh, it, it's in near mint condition. There's nobody there to tell you they're not pulling out a magnifying glass and slapping in a piece of car of plastic and saying, nope, this is a 9.5 out of 10 because you've got a, you know, small indentation in the right rear whatever. Yeah. Do you uh, do you get any of your cards graded? I don't. I, I don't. I, again, I don't even have hardly any cards anymore. I think those were all because it's, don't, it's the ex- land. Yeah, it's expensive. Isn't it? I mean, it looks like. Look, you have to do at least 50 cards. It's, I was like, I had friends that have done it, and uh, what actually soured me on the whole experience is my buddy had a card that was autographed by Ken Griffey Jr. that he got his rookie year. Uh, Ken Griffey did a card show, a signing, a paid signing here in Milwaukee with his dad at Wisconsin State Fair Park, and my buddy got his 89 upper deck uh, signed, just recently, like within the past year, decided to send it off to get graded, and it came back that the autograph was a forgery. It was a fake. He's like, this is not a fake. I got it myself. Obviously, your autograph, anyone's autograph is going to change over time, especially when you're a rookie. So after you're signing thousands upon thousands of autographs, your, your autograph's not going to stay 100% consistent with what it was when you first came up. But yeah, they, they rejected it. So, Wow. Ay, ay, ay. Well, it's funny because actually one of the memorabilia I do have, I do have a Ken, I have a an eight by ten signed by uh, Ken Griffey Jr. with his um with his rookie card. But I don't listen. I just bought that you know autograph at a card shop for like five bucks. I don't know if a deal is real, but I mean the the, the rookie card is in great shape. So, well, yeah. that is one thing that uh, I do not do is purchase autographs. And as we get into, uh, you want to ask me some questions about it. Oh, Everything yeah. that I, have, buddy. Everybody that is in my collection is somebody that I've met personally. I've either, you know, got them at a game, got them at a paid signing, something like that. But I have met them. So I could probably give you a little bit of a story, at least like a general, oh, I was at this stadium or I did that or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I do not have any purchased autographs in my collection. So what was, uh, do you remember the first autograph card you got? First autograph card I got was a pitcher for the White Sox named... Oh, no, that would have been a little bit too late. I was going to say it was Scott Ruffhorn, but I think that was a little bit later than 86. Um, I think I did get a BJ Surhoff card uh, nice. signed at County the Brewers. Yeah, shortly, shortly after his rookie season. Yeah, 86, 87. That's, uh, I mean, obviously you still got Gantner there. You got Rod Deere. You got Dale Swim. You know, there's this Molitor guy there that was still playing. He did okay for himself in the end. So. All right. For, yeah. for being just H. All right. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, I actually have a Paul Molitor and Alan Trammell rookie card when they have the four, like the four um, rookies on there. So I don't know where that card is, but it's beat up. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah tell me uh, what's it. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. yeah like the, when it comes to mind, like your favorite um, autograph experience right off the top of your head as a kid. As a kid, uh, as a kid, it'd be kind of different than what it would be as an adult. Um, boy, that's a good question. Um, I do remember I got to meet Andre Dawson, who was my favorite player at the time because I did go through the Chicago Cubs fandom phase. Hate to admit it nowadays, but yes, I did root for the Cubs at one point in time. And when I got to meet Andre Dawson, I was thrilled. Nice. Yeah, Andre uh... 
Yeah, listen, you're speaking my language there, Andy. So, but yeah, so, I mean, what's one of your more favorite um, experiences, like, in more recent times, I guess? Uh, my favorite story, like, if anybody would ever ask me that, I did meet Muhammad Ali. I met Muhammad Ali at his last ever public autograph signing, which was at the National Sports Collectors Convention in 2005. Wow. Um, he was in kind of rough shape then, as as we can all expect. Yeah. Uh, basically, what happened... You would go, you'd purchase your autograph ticket, you'd get in the line, uh, you would hand your item, he had a handler on either side of him, to his left and to his right, and you'd give your item to the first handler, and she would slide it in front of Ali, and then the other one kind of almost picked up his hand and put it on top of the item so he could sign his autograph. Well, in the past, he had been known to sign uh, FKA for formerly known as Cassius Clay. I figure this the only time I'm ever going to meet him. I'm going to shoot my shot, so to speak. So when I got up there, I said, is there any way Mr. Ali could sign FKA Cassius Clay? And the first handler said, sir, there's just way too many people. We can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, totally get it. It's worth a shot, right? So she slid the glove in front of him and he signed it. Cassius Clay looked up at me and gave me a thumbs up and then wrote Muhammad Ali underneath it. So not the FKA. It was literally like double signed. Wow. The handler to his right says, I have never seen him sign that and autograph that way ever. So you should consider yourself lucky. And I do. I absolutely consider myself lucky uh, to get to meet the greatest. Wow. What did you guys sign? A boxing glove. Oh, shit. One of the very few things that I ever got went and got authenticated because I I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to authenticate it. I'm never going to sell it. Well, you know, I probably should have in hindsight on some of these things. But this one that came with it and i knew it might be kind of hard to believe so i did go get that one jsa authenticated right away wow muhammad see i wasn't expecting that so so i mean obviously i mean you love baseball you love all sports um but boxing too huh boxing too i've got about uh i would say 25 to 30 boxing gloves signed nice uh all the pretty much i shouldn't say all most of the big stars from the 70s 80s i do got uh, in addition to Ali, I got Frazier, I got Foreman, I got Duran, I got Leonard, I got Hearns. Wow. Then some of the more modern ones. Uh, I guess I say more modern for me, more modern, but like Mike <laughs> Tyson, uh, Buster Douglas, um, got uh, Hector Macho Camacho. Yeah, just a, Jake Lamato, who they made Raging Bull about. Wow. Yeah, I got a pretty pretty good group of people. Wow, and those are all boxing gloves you have signed, then, huh? All boxing gloves signed. Yep. Wow, that's cool. Um, so you know, some, something like that. So obviously, you're meeting at conventions and stuff like that. I'm assuming. Pretty much, there's a. It used to be run by the Sun Times in Chicago. It's gone through a couple of different iterations over the years. I believe it's a fanatic sponsored show now, uh, but they typically run like three a year. Uh, and it's a weekend, so they have like fr- got guests on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was going since like 98, 99, and they're just going and picking and choosing who I, I wanted to get. So, yeah, I've met quite a few people at these events over the years. I am not one of the people that uh, stocks out hotels or uh, l- luggage <laughs> luggage areas at the airport, stuff like that, and nothing against them. God bless them if they've got the time and energy to do that have added it does give some of us true collectors a bad name at times yeah. uh but that's just not me i have no problem paying 
to meet someone, knowing you're going to get a good legible autograph, you'll probably have a story that'll come out of it, stuff like that. So you got a thumbs up from Muhammad Ali. I did get a thumbs up from Muhammad Ali, yes. Wow. I, well, when I woke up this morning, that's not a story I was expecting to hear. So that, well, holy shit. Um, so that's actually a good transition of, of the stalkers um, and everything. But uh, do you have any autographs from out in the in the wild, as the kids like to say? So, You know, not really. I mean, there have been a couple times I've met people. I and I just I don't ever think of asking them for an autograph because I guess my my go to slogan is, oh, my God, when someone says you're going to be paying how much to get this guy? And I'm like, what are the odds I'm going to be walking down the street with a basketball? And I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, you know, bump into Giannis on the Kumpo on the street, just <laughs> as a, a marker and a ball in each hand. No, I if, if there's a signing that, you know, I'm going to go, I'll, I will pay and go and meet them and, and do something like that. Again, nothing against the people that do the uh, stalking, for lack of a better term. Uh, that's just not me. So, and then basically, so you're getting items signed almost exclusively then. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I get, I'm, I'm kind of confined. I do the baseballs uh, for baseball, basketballs for basketball, uh, for football. I get the mini helmets. So it's actually the team Okay. Uh, item, uh, same for pucks for hockey and then gloves for UFC and MMA guys. Yeah. Hockey pucks gotta be tough, but I don't know what else you'd sign. I mean, a helmet maybe or a jersey or yeah, the they do have helmets now, uh, but they're kind of just plain. They're like kind of plain white helmets, and they might put a decal of the team on there with the with the puck. At least you've got the uh, team logo. Okay, so, so um, and then uh, so the hockey players don't really do much after the game, like signing like baseball used to do. I mean, this would be kind of tough with the ice, I'd imagine, probably. Yeah, you know, I've heard stories that, like, if you're in a city that has a NHL team, that you can get them at the practice rinks and they are very accessible. Um, but a lot of the hockey players I get from coming to these conventions. Okay. You know, I do have a lot of uh, Milwaukee Admirals is the NHL or the AHL affiliate of the NHL's National Predators, for those that might not know. I do have a couple dozen Admiral signed pucks. Uh, and I'd say of that several signed dozen, maybe. 10 of them have made the NHL. Nice. Uh, oh, it's hit or miss, you know? Yeah, just showing up at a practice field. I would just feel weird. I mean, you're practicing. That's, you know, you know, that's why I like to, even out, listen, out in the wild, I don't like, I don't like to bother people. I mean, you know, if I ran into Mark Briscoe at a Dunkin' Donuts, um, shout out to my friends over the Shining Wizards, you know, I'd probably give him a high five or something like that. But, you know, it's their high time. I remember one time I saw Dave Hero. Um, I know this is going to sound weird, but yeah, at a, at a restaurant, this is back in like 98, 99. I'm like, oh shit, there's Dave Hero even with this. I mean, that's when he was just starting off. So, um, but I didn't bother him. So, um, Mark Briscoe example seemed like it was very specific. So I'm going to guess there's a story behind that and that, that might be for another time, but yeah. Yeah. It wasn't no, actually my friends, they, uh, yeah, they actually texted me. It was like, yeah, we just met Mark, met Mark Briscoe at Dunkin' Donuts. Cause, uh, when I was out actually with Tristan, for final battle in Baltimore last year. Um, I flew out the next morning and then they ran in, they all stayed in town and then they texted me like, God damn, you actually still stayed an extra day. So, um, yeah. So, um, and I suppose, was, yeah, it was gloves. Um, what kind of, is there anybody like where you had them signed the time? You're like, well, I'm just going to have this guy signed just because it isn't turned out to be like a, a fucking steal. 
like they tend to blow up. Like you said, the Am- you know, you got 10 Admirals players that turned into, you know, NHL stars, well, players. Well, I, I in kind of that same vein, but on the opposite direction, I'll take this. Uh, the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks used to have a fan fest. Uh, and the way that it was run, they had players split up into groups of like five. I think there was uh, 20 people were on the roster, you know, for the, for the preseason or, you know, as they're whittling down in the training camp or whatever. So they had like four different stations, you know, you could get your picture taken with them here. You could like shoot pop a shot with them over here. And then of course there's the obligatory autograph station. The thing is when you got in line for the autographs, you didn't know who it was going to be. You didn't know what you were going to, what you were going to encounter when you got up there. And I happened to stay in line one year and I just, by the luck of the draw, I got into Giannis's line. Like, okay, great. So all I had, I for my go-to for people that I don't like know who they are, Home Depot have these floorboards that are like free samples that you can get. And they look like part of a basketball. <laughs> Autograph shows up right on there. So that's what I get signed. You know, I get, anytime I'd go to the Bradley Center at the time and get autographs pregame, I would get these little pieces of wood signed. And like I said, they, they put them in a nice little frame. If it's a decent player, they show up really nice. Well, I go up there. And there was four people, but the person to Giannis's left, uh, I just didn't know who it was. So I'm like, okay, I'll slide a wood board in front of him. And the guy looked at it and was like, okay, whatever. And he signed it. And I just said, thanks. And I moved down the line. I walked out of line. I'm like, who the heck was that first person? And the girl in front of me says, oh, that was Alex Anadokounmpo, his youngest brother. I go to high school with him. So I'm like, oh, maybe maybe he'll end up being a great player like his brother. Mm. Hasn't exactly worked out that way as of yet, but, you know, I guess there's still time. That's hilarious. So they didn't look like each other? Not not to my eyes. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. But did you get the Giannis autograph, though? I did. Uh, okay. And I had no idea who I was going to get. And the only thing I really had is I had just bought a Giannis jersey. So I'm like, Screw it. I took that off. I signed it. I got to wear it, wear it one time to that practice. And then, oop, there it goes. It's in a frame now. Yeah, man. He is, he's not short. He's tall. Yeah. He's a really tall man. He was probably as tall as I was when he was sitting down in the chair. Yeah, I was, uh, I actually set up the, pre- um, the press conference when he bought into the Brewers. Uh, my boss called me. He's like, um, we've got this press conference tomorrow. Do you mind going in? It was like, I'm all the way in McGuanagall. I'm like, fine, I'll go. I'm like, I'm all pissed off. I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. And then I go in to tear it down the next day, and I walk in the office. I'm like, oh, shit, there's Giannis. So I was like, wow. Um. So with that, so football-wise, what kind of football autographs you got? Oh, I got I got a lot. I am a, I'm a diehard Miami Dolphins fan. Um, Living in Wisconsin, that's kind of tough. I get a lot of ridicule over it. Yes, everybody, I know that Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> However, he is still one of my favorite players ever. Uh, he is the one player that I have, like, the the full-size official helmet signed. Wow. Uh, other than that, I, I always go for, like, the mini helmets, which go for, like, they retail for, like, 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, I've got approximately 350 signed uh, mini helmets. Wow. A lot of packs. Obviously, as they are the local team, so I would go to the, you know, whenever they do a signing at a Best Buy or something like that. But I have a pretty fair amount of old Hall of Famers. Um, got Walter Payton, 
maybe maybe four months before he passed uh, at one of those card shows in Chicago. And that was still by far the longest line I've ever seen for any athlete at any of these shows ever. I think I had a number in the 900s uh, for that. But, you know, I met uh, Johnny Unitas, uh, Bart Starr. Wow. I think the only Super Bowl quarterback from one through 15 that I have not met is Fran Tarkenton for some reason. Hmm. That's funny. Other than from, yeah. Him being from Minnesota and everything, you think be a little more access accessible. But... Yeah. Why again, there's, it's just weird that there are some people that have eluded me over the years and uh, Mr. Tarkenton is one of them. Um, so we'll circle back to Dan Marino, but so you're telling me and in this conversation we've had so far that you have met Muhammad Ali and now you're telling me you met Walter fucking Payton. I did. I did indeed. Thank you. Shout out to the Chicago Time shows uh, that they have down there. Uh, none of this would have been possible without all those shows. I mean, sure. Wow. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I hate the Bears. I mean, I always say my second favorite team is whoever's playing the Bears. But obviously someone like Walter Payton transcended, you know, bullshit like that. So, I mean, the guy was just so good and just such a good human being. And listen, when he passed, man, that, that was hard. So, I mean, that was, he was, uh, I was very young during his heyday, uh, but he was, you could tell that he was a special talent. That is for sure. God, it was just, uh, yeah. And wow. And of course, you know, Mike, the Mike Dick always said like one of his biggest regrets was the fact that he let uh refrigerator score that touchdown instead of Peyton, but you know, it is what it is. But, uh, so yeah, tell us about meeting Dan Marino. I'm sure. Like, um, I don't get starstruck very often. Um, I have, and I've been with you uh, when I have gotten starstruck. Uh, I think that situation you are alluding to, yes. Uh, <laughs> you actually, Ted, you took said picture. Uh, I but yeah, yeah, so how was it meeting Dan Marino, someone that you've looked up to? I mean, was was he still playing or obviously retired at this point? Or? Um, I believe. If he was still playing, it was at the very tail end of his career. I want to say it was like 97 or 98. Okay. And I think he was 99. Uh, we won't talk about his last game ever, which was a drubbing at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. in the playoffs. But yeah, no, he was, he was still playing. He was, he was cool, but you know, it was, that was one of the ones where there were just so many people in line to meet him. And so many people that were probably just like me, like, Oh my God, it's Dan Marino. I can't believe I'm meeting him that they kind of whipped you through the line a little bit quicker than yeah. it would be had it been a lesser of a, of a celebrity, but uh, no, it was still, still very cool. Obviously this is in the pre uh, photo taking on your, on your phone type thing, you know, so right. don't have any photo of that, unfortunately. Well, with, uh, with the advent of like uh, camera phones and everything, do you start taking more pictures now and everything too? So with the advent of the camera phone that allowed the promoters to find a new revenue stream and they actually charge you for the pictures of, of you with said athlete because um, now they sell photo ops as well as autographs. So I do try to take a picture of the person signing my item and mm -hmm. me like in the forefront kind of selfie style. The only time I would ever really take a selfie yeah. uh, with the person signing in the background just so. I have proof uh, of, of the meeting in case anybody would ever question it. 
Right. Like I have that a lot more now. Yes. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you send you send it in to get all, authenticated. I'm like, well, here's a, here's a picture of them actually take you know autographing it. So yeah. exactly. Hope it come to the day where I need to sell a lot of that stuff. But if I do, then yes, I would bust out the the photos that I have. Yeah. So were you a little? I mean, obviously, you're. I mean, it's tough with those lines. And listen, I mean, so Walter Payton is the biggest line you've ever, even bigger than Muhammad Ali, then, huh? Uh well, the difference in price was a couple hundred dollars between Ali and Payton, and. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Walter Payton, it was in Chicago that it happened. So, yeah, okay, that, that yeah. was definitely, I don't believe he had been diagnosed. Maybe I'm, I'm getting my times wrong. Maybe it was actually a little earlier, but I don't believe he had been diagnosed with his sickness uh, at the time. I believe, was it that what he passed from? Yeah. Uh, whatever. But, but yeah, it was, it was packed. It was, it was insane how many tickets they sold that day. Uh, Muhammad Ali. I kind of, after I bought my ticket and I think that was at a national, the national had it pretty good. Like they, they've got it on the board. Like if you have numbers one through 20, you can line up now. If you have 21 through 40, you line up next or whatever. So they were pretty coordinated. Uh, the, wow. at, at Peyton one, I think it was going on for like, he had been there way past his allotted two hour time. And they just said, if you got a ticket, get in line now. And it was, it was bad. Um, what's the longest you've waited in line? The longest I've waited in line for an autograph, oh boy, I, I have a feeling there was some, some players have done signings at uh, like, you know, grocery store grand openings or something along those lines that I've, I've probably stood in line for like three to four hours, but that's about it. Uh, again, I can't remember anything really over the top at those shows. Like for some reason, everybody, even though they've got numbered tickets, they all push forward right away, and I'm like, I'll let the the madness die down. And then when they start calling, you know, all oh, last tickets, then I go and get in line. You know, that's awesome. So, um, so yeah, as a kid, so as you're going up there, were players usually pretty good about the whole autograph thing and everything? Um, like going up to players, like the old sitting at the railing thing. Yes, it, that definitely became more of a business and the players became more in tune with the fact that it was a business, kind of with the advent of the internet and eBay and things of that nature. Um, yeah. That definitely did change a lot of people's perspectives towards autograph signing. I found myself getting personalized autographs. You know, the players would ask your name and then sign it to Andy and then sign yeah. their autograph, which didn't bother me as a collector. Yeah. Uh but it does bother a lot of the the people that do it for profit rather than for the fun of it. Yeah. So, I mean any autographs the few I usually get well, I mean, as you've seen, I'll either give them away or like I mean, yeah, I, I, I never understood that. So I mean, you know, why why you're ripping them off. So yeah, because I remember when I met Brett the Hitman Hart, yeah, I was in line for like two and a half hours. So um really so, yeah, so and that was my that was my first wrestling event back. So yeah, um, the wrestling Oshkosh, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that line. I'm like, this line is not moving at all. He must be just chatting with, with everybody, and and that's good. I mean, if that is the case, I I would totally be willing to wait in the line if you know that you're going to get a story or an experience out of it. Yeah, I was just super tongue tied, and I'm just like, I, you know, I'm like, you're you're Brett the Hitman Hart. I mean, I, you're based my childhood around you, so I mean, um, yeah, that was pretty awesome. So. 
you know, and I don't, I don't like to like, you know, focus on negative events. I won't ask, but so any, like, so obviously the Muhammad Ali story, but any like super personable people, you're like, wow, that guy was way nicer than I ever thought he would be. Or like people uh, are shocked or like people like, I mean, people always say, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like uh, people always say Ricky Henderson was an asshole, but I've had three people have talked to Ricky Henderson say he was super nice. So anything like that. I can tell you, I, I've actually told this story a couple of times to my buddies. Um, there was a show in Chicago and again, there's multiple different athletes and, and genres of athletes signing. And I was going there and uh, on one day I was getting Kirby Puckett and Jim Brown. And I walked in thinking Kirby Puckett was going to be super cool. And Jim Brown might be a little standoffish. And I could not have been more wrong on both cases. Not to speak wow. ill of the day. Puckett was, did not want to be there that, that day. Let's just say not personable, not, uh, not willing to talk or make eye contact or acknowledge your presence. Even, uh, let's just say, uh, and Jim Brown was chatty and super cool. And it's like, really? how big do you want me? You know, getting a, a Cleveland Browns mini helmet signed with no logo. Obviously there's a lot of room, Yeah, you know, autograph on there. So he's like, you tell me how big you want to sign, want me to sign it. And if you want anything else added on there and, yeah, I walked away, totally flipped the script on me completely. Jim Brown, wow. All right, Andy, well, you keep impressing me. So what other, like, autographs do you have you think are going to blow my mind here? So, I mean, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Muhammad Ali. Um... My, all right, so as a Dolphins fan, I do have a jersey signed by the 72 Dolphins Super Bowl undefeated team. Um, whole... That's Yeah. Everyone that was alive at the time of the signing was was on there. Um, so to me, that's obviously one of my top possessions. The one that uh, when people ask me, like some of your best stuff, uh, the one that really impresses a lot of people is I do have a bat that was uh, it's got Nolan Ryan and his seven no hitters on there. It's got the date of the no hitter and the score of the game. And it is signed by Nolan Ryan and all seven of his catchers that caught each of the individual no hitters and the catchers underneath their autograph, put the date of the game on there. Uh, the bat was a limited edition of 34. I got number 22 out of 34. Wow. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Holy that, shit. Pull that off, getting all those people in there at one spot. One time. I, I don't think it can happen anymore. I believe one of them has passed on, but yeah, that was uh still something I, I still think is really cool wow that's really impressive huh interesting um so obviously um you, you talked about you do the helmets you do the gloves and everything any uh like oddball autographs that you've got like on odd things like you said Giannis signed the jersey but i mean i see some jerseys in the background and everything over there but you know probably the oddest thing uh the Seattle Supersonics in one of their last years gave away. I, I think they thought this was going to be the revolutionary new like stadium giveaway. Uh, rubber ducks of so like it's the it's a rubber duck, but it's got the player's head on top of the rubber duck, like wearing a jersey. <laughs> and when the Bucks traded for Desmond Mason, I went out and got the Desmond Mason Seattle Supersonics rubber duck and did get that signed at a game and. <laughs> 
have you signed any of these yet? And he goes, nope, this is the first one. So oh. there you go. I'm more since then, but yep, I do have a Desmond Mason signed rubber duck. That would probably have to be the strangest item in my collection. That's uh so they thought rubber ducks were gonna overtake the bobbleheads, huh? I don't know if this was a, a wacky one-off or if they thought they were trying something new, but yeah, this was uh a definitely it was a unique idea. I don't know if it was a good idea, but it was definitely a unique idea. Yeah. And I know obviously you've uh speaking of bobbleheads and the brewers and everything, do you have any other like bobbleheads or figurines from uh from other sports or for like other teams or sports or anything? Uh, yeah, I have most of the bobbleheads given away in the state of Wisconsin. Um, but I, I try to get the old, uh, major league movie is one of my favorite things of all time. So I try to yeah. get all the main ones. There's a couple teams in uh, Ohio that have given away some, some minor league ones that I've, that I've paid a decent amount of money to, to obtain, uh, the Joe Boo ones and oh, dude, some of that's the- awesome. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's pretty basic. I don't think I have anything uh, too out of the no- out of the norm as far as the bobblehead world goes. Yeah, like the only figure because I've been to a solid chunk of um, stadiums for other games, and the other figurine I've got, I've got a Sean Casey from the Reds. Um, that's really the only thing I've ever gotten, which is kind of disappointing me. So maybe the Brewers just give more giveaways. I don't know. We know how crazy bobblehead day goes. So um, yeah, bobblehead be an event here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Do you, were you at the, so speaking of major league, um, well, actually, did you, uh, were, uh, did you get any autographs from the movie when they were filming here? Did you Not go there? You know what? This is going to sound really dumb, but I remember going to WrestleFest 88 at uh, Milwaukee County Stadium. It was a wrestling card headlined by Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, the steel cage. And I remember going there with my grandmother, actually, who was the reason I got into pro wrestling, which is a story for another time. Hmm. Uh, but they had a teepee set up in the outfield stands. And I'm, Grandma, why in the world is there a teepee in the stands? She's like, I really don't know. Come to find out a little, little bit later that it was because they were filming Major League there. And it was for the, you know, to replicate Cleveland's Municipal Stadium. Uh, and that is why the teepee was there. So I, I'll be honest, I didn't know that Major League was filming here. Uh, but I've probably seen that movie about 150 times since that moment. Yeah, I still kick. I was supposed to. Uh, my dad got his tickets for uh, that final scene filming, and I got sick, and I'm still, I'm still mad about it. So, yeah, and I remember that movie came out. I was so angry that they changed the uh, the padding on the outfield of the County Stadium from green to blue. I don't know why that just hurt so bad. Um. I- that irrationally bugged me too, so I don't feel bad about that. Yeah, I was just like, son of a biscuit. So major league, huh? So what yeah, what major league bobblehead? So you got Joe Boo? Got Joe Boo, oh. got a Bond, got a Jake Taylor, got a Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, I'm still trying to track down that Pedro Serrano. So if anyone knows, you can hit Tom up and he'll get your contact information to me. Yeah, where's um yeah, where do you pick those up at? Like, I mean, were those like you buy online or were they giveaways? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I believe it's the Lake County Captains and the Akron Rubber Ducks in Ohio uh, are the ones that frequently give those away, obviously, with the connection to Cleveland. Yeah, um, yeah but they've done they've done a lot of the bobbleheads over the years. Yeah, well, and also uh, you or anyone listening, if anyone tracks down a Jake Taylor 
Um, whatever the little shirts are called, the jersey shirts or whatever, I would like one. I'm a Jake Taylor fan. I was a catcher playing softball. That's nothing compared to that. Uh, but yeah, Jake Taylor's always major leagues one of my definitely one of my favorites too. So, and uh, great movie. Did, were you at the speaking of that? Didn't they do like a major league celebration? Um, and they were gonna do it in Cleveland, but that was this game that uh, the Indians and Angels got snowed out, so they had to play it in Miller Park. That is yes, that is correct. I was at the game here in Miller Park, the makeup game where they sold ten dollar tickets anywhere on the field. Oh, dude, that was that was one of my funnest baseball experiences ever. You know, we had double double decker waves, the whole kit and caboodle. But uh, I thought there was something to do with Major League that game. They were supposed to give something out, but um, yeah. So for those of you that don't know, Major League was it takes place in Cleveland, but it was filmed here proudly in Milwaukee. Um, and uh, you may know somebody that can get you into the home plate where that was filmed. You know, so that's still at Health Field. So, not the only baseball movie filmed in Milwaukee, by the way, as the film Mister Three Thousand was filmed here, and I was in attendance for that. That's cool. Okay, yeah. Ernie Max signed baseball. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah my friend was his driver, uh, or a guy I knew, I suppose, a long time ago. I uh, was his driver for that, so he showed up with a bunch of memorabilia. So I think he was kind of me, but I know he was a driver for him. So Bernie Mac, yeah. So yeah, Mister Three Thousand, not the not the greatest baseball movie ever, you know. Uh, but, so, but, oh yeah. So Fran Tarkenton. So um, besides Fran Tarkenton, obviously the old Super Bowl quarterbacks, uh, who's pretty high in your list of you know. Well, not going to say as a Dolphins fan, you'll understand why, but I, I'm not going to tell you I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan in the world, but his signature is elusive unless you are extremely rich. Let's just say uh, they go for, I want to say like $1,800 now on, on a mini helmet. So I don't know that I will be adding Tom Brady's autograph to my collection. Again, as somebody who does not pay uh, for autographs directly, um, I don't anticipate tom brady doing shows in the near future but i could be very wrong um there there to circle back to baseball there was a time i was down to four living hall of famers who i'd never met and gotten autographs from and with the latest wave of people and some of the people who are a little bit tough to get like Derek jeter i don't anticipate uh yeah. final collection anytime soon but oh. yeah i believe i and now with the late for the last like six or seven years, the people that have gone in, I'm probably back up to like 12 Hall of Famers that I'm missing. Um, Sandy Koufax is the number one out there. Uh, and he's got to be late 80s by now. And he did just announce a public signing where the autographs start at thirteen hundred dollars. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, so you got Hank Aaron's autograph then, huh? You have Hank Aaron, Mays, um, a lot of uh, guys from that generation. Um, was, was that at that all-star game or they were, uh, the all-star game that was here? Uh, no, I think I got both those guys at shows. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I remember, uh, for that all-star game, I went to fan fest and then, uh, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, there's just all this Ted Williams stuff. I'm like, oh, I'll just get it later. Next time, blah, blah. And then he dies two days later and everything's three times the price. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would have probably should have bit the bullet and, and broken my rule and purchased something. Cause <laughs> but you see what the value of that stuff has become. 
Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the Brewers, do you go to the, uh, the Brewers Fan Fest and is there a lot of autographs at that place? I mean, I just worked it. I just set it up. I've never actually been there. Yeah, I mean, there are autographs, but uh, I think that's part of the reason why they don't have it anymore. I, I secretly say that certain major league teams, possibly the local affiliate, including one of them, uh, were not the not terribly upset when COVID came around because they got to put in a lot of rules and procedures in place that uh, I think they had secretly wanted to put into place all along, and now they can just blame it on COVID. So, you know, the, the Brewer Stadium used to be a great place to go and meet the players down the line and get an autograph or two. And now they've got the nets all the way across from, you know, fall pole to fall pole practically and makes autograph collecting extremely, extremely tough. For safety, the nets are so. Safety. Uh, and then, yeah, and they can say, oh, with COVID, they don't want you getting too close to the players anyways. But. Yeah, I mean, as someone that's employed by said team, I, I can't argue with you there. Yeah. So. And, and I'm getting to the age now where I'm probably going to be sounding like the old man shaking his fist at the <laughs> cloud. But uh, it's it's we're in an age now with social media where the people feel that they're more connected to these players than ever, but they can't actually like officially meet them. You know, they can follow them on this, that, and every other social media platform, but they want to go and talk to them maybe they have a shared interest and it, accessibility to the players is not very strong. At least, at least here in Milwaukee. Yeah. It's, it's not like it used to be where you could, where you could go to the bar and definitely see like a Gordon Thomas or a Pete Vukovic just hanging out and everything. So um, I know Jeff Cirillo used to hang out on the East side a bunch when he lived down here, but that was really the last I've heard of like players being out in the, in the quote unquote wild. Um, that was you know 15, 20 years ago. So, and I mean, and in their defense too, so, I mean, there's some crazy stalkers out there, you know. So that's not ideal, but yeah, it's a shame. I mean, especially for you know, obviously we're we're older and everything, but you know, the kids growing up. I mean, we're how are they going to keep you know the fan bases going? You know, regenerating new fans and everything. But that's yeah, that's a whole we're going to have a couple beers, couple shots conversation for another time. So. Uh, but I would be remiss. You did uh, one sport we have not talked about um, that you have a collection for, and that is your wrestling collection. Um, do you remember your yep. first wrestling autograph? First wrestling autograph. Um, yeah, and, and it's it's kind of a topical question. At said WrestleFest, uh, I met and got a signed Frisbee from the recently departed Leaping Lanny Poffo. Really? Nice. Was my my first foray into the wrestling uh, autograph collection. Yep. Leaping Unfortunately, the significantly faded over the years, but uh, still, still here in my collection. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of um, before that, I didn't even think of that. So, with your autographs, obviously, most things are sealed up and everything, and are protective covers for the most part. And yep, so got everything I'm... in. Uh, that's why I kind of never got into the photos because to me, a photo you get signed and you put it in a, a binder and put the binder on the shelf. And it's not, unless you frame it and put it out, it's not something that can be displayed. I've, if you would see my place, it is a kind of a floor to ceiling type situation. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a Mance, auto, Mance Warner autograph I need to get um, hung up on, in my house here. Uh, but yeah, do you have any fun wrestling autograph stories? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have a couple I could share. Um, 
back in the late 90s, uh, it was common knowledge where the wrestlers would hang out after they filmed either Raw or Nitro in Chicago. There was a, a local bar in a hotel and uh, happened to be there after a Nitro one time and met both Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. Uh, I was That's talking cool. to him. You know, they had just started teaming up. I said, well, you guys need a need a really cool team name. And they're like, oh, yeah, what do you got for us? And I'm like, I don't know. I said something like vicious and delicious. And Buff Bagwell said, you know what? That's actually pretty good. And he went and whispered something to Scott Norton or whatever. Didn't think anything of it. The next Monday night, I happened to be working. My buddy that I was with at the time, he says, dude, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He goes, they actually used your name. I said, get out of here. He goes, yeah, they used your name on the show. And I said, wow, that's really cool. It didn't last very long. So, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Fast forward about 10 years or so, I believe it was the first Blizzard Brawl here in Milwaukee. And Buff Bagwell was doing an autograph signing. Uh, so I went up to him and I just said, hey, do you happen to remember how you and Scott Norton got the tag team name Vicious and Delicious? He goes, yeah, it was really weird. Some kid came up to me in a bar in Chicago and just said, you should call yourselves Vicious and Delicious. And I said, yeah, that was me. And he goes, shut up. And I kind of recounted the story. He's like, oh my God, it was you. And I said, so would you sign a picture to me, like to the creator of Vicious and Delicious? So he did. And he goes, that'll be $20. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of ties into the carniness of some of the uh, the wrestlers out there. Uh, but looking back, that to me, that the story was was totally worth the $20. Yeah. For, you know, I'm not a Buff Bagwell fan, but yeah, that, I mean, I, I may have heard that story previously. Um, but yeah, so um, so what's, yeah, what's your favorite wrestling autograph you got so far? <laughs> Off top that, of your head, like I said, I know that's always a tough question, but well, I again kind of recency bias, but uh, I was with you when we got the Briscoes, and um, that was great already great to begin with because I had such a uh, uh, respect for both those guys, and obviously that holds a, a mo even more special place now because of just how cool they were to everybody. Like, there yeah. was everybody that walked up to them was like they were meeting a long lost friend, you know, uh, totally willing to chat listen to whatever goofy little anecdote you wanted to talk to them about <laughs> pretended that they cared and all that stuff. Maybe I shouldn't even say pretend, but uh, yeah. they didn't like they were one of us just, you know, regular people that uh, were just happy to meet people. And I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And it was, I mean, you see some of the pictures and everything, like the little kids, um, you know, and Jay, both Jay and Mark with this big ass smile and all the little kids wanted high fives and everything. So um that was a little fun. So did you meet Thunder Rosa at that one? Or did you get her uh, autograph at that one? Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, yeah, who's the who's the nicest wrestler you've met so far? Let's well, once you get off off top of your head. You know, I, I'll be honest that uh wrestlers I would say have the strongest percentage or highest percentage of friendly. I would be hard pressed to find a wrestler or two that was not friendly. Uh, so for me to try to narrow it down would be would be a little tough. But uh, yeah, the first time I met Thunder Rosa, she was awesome. Uh, Will Osprey just recently was was awesome. Um, the Nasty Boys will talk your ears off, <laughs> um, whether you want to or not. Uh, the Iron Sheik, I literally had to pull the picture away because he was just signing everything under the sun on, on the photo. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, 
overall the wrestlers uh have all have all been very cool nice yeah actually um to be honest with you when i met jerry the king laurel last year um you were also in the building for that one yeah he was really talkative with me um i was, I was a little bit later in the line there and i had this book uh on memphis wrestling that he actually wrote the forward to and i just walked up to him like you know you're my favorite wrestler when i was a kid that i never actually saw wrestling he's like what the fuck are you talking about i'm like i didn't have cable you know, or anything. So I just read about all your matches in the magazine, and I was a huge fan of Jerry Lawler as a kid without actually ever meeting him. So, um, yeah, of my list, you know, kind of circling back to people that have eluded me. Uh, unfortunately, I've never gotten to meet Terry Funk, and that is probably in my top five of list of athletes of people that I've wanted to meet that just never happened. Uh, unfortunately, I had some health issues. I had like four different shows in a row that I was booked in all different cities. I was finally going to meet him and it just never came to be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the gentleman's health is far worth far more than an autograph to me, but yeah. I, I do regret never getting a chance to meet the Funker. Well, hopefully that does come to fruition. Obviously he's lived, uh, lived a rough life. We'll just say, um, in more ways than one. So, and I remember yeah, cause his wife just passed away and everyone thought it was him. Right. Like, yes. like the yeah. last year's. I mean, and I felt bad. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just I'm like, well, that's a real asshole thing to say. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, so besides Terry Funk, I mean, and uh all sports in general, who is kind of like your white whale so far that you're looking for? Uh well again, the the, the bigger the star, the harder they are. And again, I'm not I'm not a Michael Jordan fan. Sorry if there's any people from Chicago listening out there. Uh but just because of the impact that he had on the game and and everything like that uh that's always one that would probably be in my in any top five of mine um so if i had to say it's probably jordan gretzky koufax um see for uh say for football would be tarkenton probably over brady yes um and then for wrestling, I don't. I'd go well. Wrestling would be funk. Yeah, that would be one. That would be be high up there. So that would be my of my genres that I collect. That would be one from from every group. Yeah, and uh, anyone that listens to any of the other podcasts, they would know. Um, it appears Davy Richards is still ducking me. I've been wanting to meet Davy Richards for. I mean, not sort of forever. Um, but and I was going down to St. Louis. You know, I was all set up. The promoter said, "Okay, I'll take care of you." He's going to be wrestling in Ireland now instead of going to the damn show. So it's like. I, th- I think yeah. you're scared. Yeah. I mean, I think Davey Richard, he, he's ducking me. So, um, yeah. Well, Andy, um, before we uh, pull the train into the, the proverbial station, and everything like that, is there, do you have any words of advice or actually, um, a friend of mine, he was uh, backstage at a show one time, and he met Ice-T, which, you know, I'm not sure how people feel about that and all, but he didn't have a pen. So did you ever have that instance where you're like, you miss an autograph because you didn't have something with you, or like your pen failed, or? Yeah, I was at the Royal Rumble, I believe it was 98, in San Jose, California, and this was right as they were getting to ramp up for Tyson's involvement at WrestleMania 14. And I actually sat two rows in front of his luxury box and he was signing autographs for anybody that had anything. And I had nothing, nothing on me at the time. Wow. Go grab a program to run back. And uh, he had already left by the time I got back. But, but you ended up getting his autograph later though, huh? I 
I ended up getting it on a boxing glove and paying for it. And obviously I would trust, I value a boxing glove more than just a signed piece of paper uh, by him. But other than the story, obviously that, that came with it, but yeah, that was probably like my, my biggest, oh man, I have nothing. Or again, I can tell you this story. Um, for those of you that, that do know me that are out there, I am a big stone cold Steve Austin fan. I have been forever. <laughs> Uh, I was at the King of the Ring in Milwaukee where the Austin 316 phrase was coined. And as a matter of fact, the very next day, I went to the DMV and I got a license plate that says Austin 316, which I still have to this day. Gone back from being retro to cool to dorky and probably psychic. <laughs> but going back to my earlier story about how uh, a lot of the wrestlers would show up at this bar... The one time I did not drive to an event in Chicago was the one time that Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up in a bar. I would have absolutely went out and unscrewed my license plate and brought him in and had him sign that license plate. And I just could kick myself that I did not drive that particular road trip. Oh, man. Well, one of these, I mean, well, I mean, he's, he's tough to get a hold of, you know, nowadays. But yeah, I mean, to Andy's credit, I mean, it was literally the next day. You know, it was. Hey, people don't believe me, but I can show you the paperwork that I still have from the (laughs) ninety-seven sticker because I got it in ninety-six. That says that I I got that license plate. Wow, that's uh, you know, and listen, I mean, I was in the building for that too, and I mean, obviously, I thought it was cool, but no one knew that it was going to be what it was going to, you know, what it was going to turn into. So, fine if I told you that I knew. I just, it was something that I, that I thought that just sounded so cool and I, it resonated with me and I, I guess I was on the cutting edge of something uh, or maybe the people in the know were just smarter than me or whatever. But yeah, I, I jumped on it right away. I figured, oh, this is something that like maybe five people in the whole world will end up knowing and getting the reference. And you'd be surprised the amount of times that, uh, I'm driving down the highway and people flip me the double bird and it's not because of my drive. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. You know, I bet you if you contacted some, we should figure out, listen, um, to tell that story and get some way to get those autographs. I mean, I'm sure if Stone Cold heard about that, I'm sure he'd probably hook you up. God so, damn. You know, yeah. I can just picture. But yes, I would. If anyone has got any connections, it'd be uh, my best life. Yeah, a, a, you know, a billion dollar phrase, a billion dollars of the merchandise later. So, I mean, I mean, top 10 biggest phrases in wrestling ever? Uh, top five. Yeah. I, I, you know, you can, that case could be made that it, it generated more revenue than almost all the, the other ones. So, God, Austin 316 just says, I whipped your ass. And he made that up, you know, it was right on the spot. So, um, that's a fun podcast. But actually, we never actually did it. We addressed all the sports, but we didn't actually address the MMA. So you have a couple of MMA autographs then? Yeah, MMA. I, I like to get signed on the on the official gloves. Um, there have been a couple MMA shows here in Milwaukee, and all of the even the people on the card were super accessible. I got Cormier. I got uh, Uriah Faber. They brought in uh, Matt Hughes uh, as a legend for stuff. So I've got a bunch of those. Met some other ones uh, at these shows. Uh, and again, going back to the people that you just weren't sure how you were going to take them. John Bones Jones could not have been cooler. He was just awesome to talk to. Just 
actually like he posed and I actually have a picture with him because he said, Hey, you want to take a picture? Like, you know, I'm sure his promoter or whatever, his manager is like, no, no, we charge for that. But no, I handed my phone to the guy behind us, stood up, posed for a photo, shook hands, uh, super cool guy all around. I know he's had some demons and some detractors. He's done some things that may not have been on the right side of the law, but uh, stand up guy to me in, in the time that I met him. Nice. I love hearing stuff like that. Like I said, my buddy, yeah, I've, I like, you know, two or three people, um, Ricky Henderson, I would like to meet. I'd probably go out of my way. That and Brady Clark, but that's another story in itself. So um, I am kind of bummed you don't have any Brady Clark autograph stuff, but. Well, know. if the, if the two people out there that know who Brady Clark is, they <laughs> try to get a hold of you. And the funny thing is half of them would be also be named Andy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know what it was about Brady Clark, but. uh um, but with the bob, do you have any like bobbleheads or anything that are signed? They, uh, very, very few bobbleheads signed. Um, that's just something that never really appealed to me. And part of the reason is because there's really, it's really tough to sign. Like if you get it signed on the helmet, they got to sign really small and stuff yeah. like that. So that's, I, I know some people that do it. And if that's your thing, God bless you. Just not anything that ever, uh, that ever appealed to me. The one autograph, the one bobblehead that I do have signed, uh, you guys may or may not recognize the name, but I'm going to guarantee you'll recognize the story when I tell it. There was an outfielder in the minor leagues called Rodney McCray. And he's well known for crashing into the wall and breaking through the wall uh, when he slammed into it. It kind of like was the top part was on a hinge and it, yeah. and it's well, that minor league team made a bobblehead and it, the door bobbled like the door that he crashed through was really? the part that bobbled. And he actually signed the uh, the swinging door parts for me. So, That's really cool. Yeah, that that is cool. Rodney McCray, huh? Interesting. So, yeah. Well, that's um, that's awesome, Andy. Uh, you know, obviously, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's a good time. Been talking about this for for quite a long time. I'm glad we were able to make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there uh, any other fun stories that come to mind before we uh, pull the train to the station or anything you want to share or advice? Uh, or... This is all about yeah. you, Andy. So <laughs> I, I, the funniest story that I, that I can tell you as far as an autograph signing is uh, I went with my roommate at the time to meet Ernie Banks and uh, my, my roommate was very young looking at the time. Um, he was probably, I think we were probably like, I was 19. He was 18 or something like that, but he looked a lot younger than 18 and Ernie Banks was like his favorite player ever. So we're in line. There was a young kid, maybe like 11 years old in front of me. It's myself and then my roommate. So Ernie Banks was awesome. Just going up there chatting with everybody. So the young boy in front of me gets up to the line and he said, he was kind of timid. You know, I could tell him maybe a little starstruck or whatever said, hi there, Mr. Banks. And he goes, Hey there, young man. How's your girlfriend doing? And the kid's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Banks. I don't have a girlfriend." He's, "Oh, don't, don't worry, son. You will someday." Blah blah. Just being super great to him or whatever. I did my thing. I, I kind of talked about my deal. Then my roommate goes up to me. He goes, "Hey there, little boy. How's your mom doing today?" And I lost it. I abs. I don't think I let him live that down for years after that. So that's uh, me is the funny having an autograph signing. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's, that's really good. So, um, I love stuff like that. So, 
Well, yeah, Andy, listen, as always, um, this is a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Sorry it took so long. It's definitely more on my end. Um, I definitely learned some things. I My jaw hit the floor at least three or four different times. Um, the, especially the Hall of Famer numbers. That's an impressive, you know, impressive amount, so... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's why I think that's why your coworkers said you probably should talk to this guy if you want to ever talk about do a, a show on sports memorabilia. I do have a pretty decent collection, if I do say so myself, not to pat myself on the back, because really, I just went out there and purchased the, the you know, purchased the opportunity to meet these guys. It's not like everything was blind luck or anything like that. But to me, the just getting to show it off and people can walk through and they're like, oh, your place is like a museum. And yeah, it's uh, I like to say I preserve a little bit of sports history here. Yeah, that's uh so and the the Hall of Fame that was just baseball or is that Hall of Fame in general? That was just baseball. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, hockey I don't have super access to. I'd say I probably only have about 25 to 30 okay. hockey members. Um and then, you know, football gets what do they elect like mandatory seven people a year, so there's a lot of obscure and I shouldn't say obscure. If you're a Hall of Famer, obviously you're at the top of your position or right. top of so to speak. But there's a lot of, you know, offensive linemen that just don't have a lot of high demand for appearing at shows and stuff like that. But that I would love to meet just because yeah. I mean, hey, you're top one percent at your position all time. But so yeah, I'd say uh of my I have about three hundred and fifty signed mini helmets. I would say probably a hundred of them are signed by Hall of Famers. Wow. Uh, and varying degrees of, of Hall of Fameness, if that is such a thing. Yeah. Um, do you have recent Hall of Famer Leroy Butler? I do have a Leroy Butler, yes. Nice. Leroy, Leroy Butler seems to be the guy that I would have on the most unique things just because he's he's hawking his cookbook, he's hawking his vodka, <laughs> this, that, and everything else, and he just seems like he's everywhere. So, yeah, I yeah. have I, him on multiple occasions. Um, have you ever gone to a signing and like there's a surprise like entrant like signee that you're like, holy shit! I mean, I can't believe this guy's here unannounced. Um, I know that probably might be more wrestling, but not so much for a signing. But I can tell you another quick story is when I went to the Super Bowl uh, in Phoenix. Was that 20, 20, 2009, I want to say it was the year that the. Giants beat the Patriots the first time with the David Tyree helmet catch. Yeah. Anyways, we were walking around the city, uh, you know, trying to find some stuff to do. We stumbled upon a bar and it happened to be the band that was playing at the bar that night was the fabulous Flutie brothers with Doug Flutie on drums. And he stayed afterwards and met and signed anything you had. Obviously I didn't have much. I got him to sign the flyer for, for the event, but uh, yeah. that was, that was really cool. That was probably the one, that was like holy crap i didn't expect to see you Doug know Flutie. yeah so andy did you go to that super bowl for the simple fact you were hoping the patriots were not going to go 19 and 0 that year exact reason that i went yes <laughs> uh you know me very well uh i was i was the world's biggest new york giants fan on that day and that day alone that is hilarious. So, uh, so I mean, how many big? Obviously, a lot of big wrestling events. But you've been to the Super Bowl. Have you been to any World Series games or anything? And I've never been to the Super Bowl game, but uh, okay, there was a there, yeah. years where I went there to hang out and and okay. uh, all the parties and do the nightlife and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. A story for another time. I ended up at that same Super Bowl weekend. I ended up 
accidentally crashing Paris Hilton Super Bowl party, which is a story for another time. This is the way to have you have to get me back on your podcast so I can tell that story. Okay, well, it's always good to have a cliffhanger. So, well, Andy, my friend, um, I know there's gonna be a few people uh, for sure that are gonna be very interested in this, but uh, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, it was better than I expected. So, less than my, I mean, I know this is an audio podcast, but my jaw literally hit the floor a few times. So. Well, again, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Anytime you want me back, you just let me know. Say the word. Uh, uh, you will. I will let you know. So, but I appreciate it. And I uh, hope everybody enjoyed. And high fivers. I will talk to everybody later.